When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Did you know unusual amounts of stress can impact the breastfeeding relationship you have with your baby? Stress triggers hormones that have a direct impact on both the brain chemicals, responsible for emotional wellness, and also milk production. What can we do about it? I'm Rebecca Mahan, a retired police officer focused on helping victims overcome traumatic events. Today, we're talking about how stress can impact breastfeeding. This is The Boob Group. Breast milk, it does a baby good. Silly daddy, boobs are for babies. I make milk, what's your superpower? If my breastfeeding offends you, put a blanket over your head. Dairy diva, don't be lactose intolerant. Nursing nature's own breast enhancement. Meals on heels. Whoever said there's no use crying over spilled milk, never had to pump. Breast milk, all udders are inferior. Whatever your point of view, we're here to support your breastfeeding goals. We're the boob group, because mothers know breast. Welcome to the boob group broadcasting from the Birth Education Center of San Diego. The Boob Group is your weekly online, on-the-go support group for all things related to breastfeeding. I'm your host, Leilani Wild. I'm also an IBCLC and owner of Leilani's Lactation and Doula Services. A special thanks to everyone who's listening to our show on our show app available on Android, iOS, and Windows. We also have a new network app where you can listen to all your favorite new mommy media podcasts, so be sure to check that out. Would you like to be a part of the Boo Group? Here's Sunny to tell us about some ways you can get involved. Okay. Hi, everybody. So we love to hear from our listeners. We love for you guys to be part of our show, and there's a couple different ways you can do that. We have various segments that you guys can participate in, and if you go to our website at newmommymedia.com, you go to the Boob Group, and you scroll down, you'll see a section that says segments, and if you click on that, you'll see all the various segments, but I'm just going to highlight a couple today. So we have one called Ask the Experts, and you can ask our experts any breastfeeding-related questions you have. We have tons of IBCLCs that are waiting to hear from you guys. Um, the other thing, we, we have a really fun segment. It's called Boob Oops, and I love it because it's where we all get to share our funny breastfeeding oops stories, or it could be pumping too, not just breastfeeding. And so um, we're just looking for you guys to submit and be part of this with us. So you can go to our website, go to the contact link, and you can submit via email there. Or if you want to actually tell your story yourself, you can um, submit via voicemail. So the number there is 619-866-4775. No one's actually going to pick up the phone. All you have to do is leave a message. And again, you can actually tell your own story. Okay, today we're going to introduce our panelist. Crystal Allen. I'm 29. I'm a stay-at-home mother to five kids. Um, My oldest is six and five, three, um, 16 months and three weeks. Hi, I'm Bethany Dunn. I am 28. I am an inside sales rep for a promotional products company. And I have two kids, 16 months a boy and eight years a girl. And he's here in our studio with us. (laughs) When you bring your child home for the first time, you want a baby monitor you can trust. When you choose Stork, you choose technology trusted to monitor 10 million babies in hospitals every year. 
Stork continuously tracks your baby's pulse rate, oxygen saturation, and temperature. Visit MassimoStork.com to learn more. Stork, a revolutionary baby monitor, is born. Stork is not a medical device. Read and understand all product labeling. Massimo data on file. Okay, so before we start today's episode, which is all about stress and breastfeeding, I thought there, um, you know, I saw a relevant article online, and uh, it's about the Army, and they have a brand new breastfeeding policy, and apparently this is a really big deal. I don't think that they've had anything in the past, and other you know branches of the military may have had something, but the, the, this is brand new for the Army. The policy actually took effect September 29th, so it's already in effect. What it says is that commander should provide a designated, now this is in quotes here, private space with locking capabilities, an electrical outlet and access to safe water for soldiers to express their milk. It needs to be fully enclosed and uh, if the private space is within a restroom, it says it needs to be fully enclosed and a separate area needs to be designated for breastfeeding and not just a bathroom stall. So they're not saying, you know, you have to go in a stall. They're saying there's going to be a private area that happens to be somehow attached to the bathroom if that is what's the best only option in that. They have. Yeah. yeah, if that's the only option they have. And so um, it says, you know, that the soldiers do have to supply their own equipment to pump and store their breast milk. So I don't know that that's really any different than any other type of situation. So I want to just kind of toss this out there and see what you guys thought about the article and about the Army coming out and finally having, you know, some sort of policy about this. Leilani, what do you think? Well, I'm happy to hear that every time we turn around, we are seeing more openings, more doors opening for the the moms and, the, and breastfeeding and supporting their breastfeeding relationship with for their children. So I'm glad that the Army has stepped it up, you know. Yeah. Yay for us. Yeah. And Rebecca, I'd love to get your take on this being, you know, a retired police officer. It's not the same thing as the military, but, you know. Well, I'm also a veteran. Okay. United States Marine Corps. Hoorah. <laughs> 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 and um, so coming from two, two spots, as a mother and as a Marine, I have to say that I can see a couple of different things that can be both advantageous and a hindrance because I don't know how a female military personnel member is going to be able to continue breastfeeding for the length of time that from the time that they actually have off to be able to have that bonding process and then to actually return to work. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering what the stipulations are. How long do they have? Are they is this they start going back to work and they are slowly going to be uh, reintroduced into the work sector and they're still allowed to have their child with them or are they going to a child care center and then picking up their baby in the meantime I'm wondering is some of um, the different components on how that would work right. but I think it's absolutely healthy it's one of the best things that we can do for our children for many many reasons um, but I think that um, if they're able to take their child with them and they have the facilities to do that that is absolutely important otherwise i do think in the meantime that they should be able to have the ability to pump right for as long as they can mm-hmm. now with your children did were you a marine like you know when your babies were younger did you have to deal with anything like this or i mean even as a police officer was that a struggle you know being able to breastfeed and do your job my transition uh from finishing my uh, contract with the Marine Corps was about the same time 
that I had gotten pregnant, and so it wasn't an okay. issue. So it was pretty pretty close to the same time period. Plus, I was I enlisted as a reserve, okay. and um, during that period of time, I I was not on any type of deployment, which I never ended up having to go overseas, thank God. But um, I was also not on any type of active for training status or anything like that. So I had my child with me all the time. As um, a young child, and uh, my my daughter, I. I was having her with me everywhere the first year or so I didn't go back to work and so that wasn't an issue and it wasn't until she was mm, somewhere about six or so that I went through the police academy so that okay. wasn't a concern for me but looking at it on the flip side I could see um, definitely the challenges but the advantages to it as well right for sure yeah I mean there's a lot of stuff going on right now on social media about this and so I'm sure you guys have probably seen it and we'll put a link up on our Facebook page if you want to check it out Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Today on The Boo Group, we're discussing how stress impacts breastfeeding and our milk supply. Our expert, Rebecca Mahan, a retired law enforcement officer who spent over 20 years studying domestic violence and working with victims of various traumatic events. She is an author and host of two radio shows. She has created a successful program called VOTE, Victims Overcoming Traumatic Events, in San Diego, California. Thank you for joining us, Rebecca, and welcome to the show. Thank you for having me today. Rebecca, what are the hormones that affect breastfeeding? What I have found and have done some research on in the stress relation into to breastfeeding is very interesting and the hormones that are produced there's actually a number of hormones that we have that that flow through our bodies all the time two that we think of most commonly in breastfeeding right prolactin and oxytocin but we don't think about how insulin also plays a component into this and um and also cortisol so all of this interacts and you have kind of this chain of things that are going on within the body and i don't I know if one starts first or uh, another does, but they all interact together. And so the prolactin you have for milk production, right? And oxytocin is for the letdown. (laughs) And then how much does stress play a part in the way our hormones respond? It plays a huge part. As one example, um, the role of cortisol. This affects a number of different areas of our body because... Cortisol increases your blood sugar levels and insulin reduces it, right? What ends up happening is when these are off, especially if we have more insulin than what we should have, it can affect cortisol specifically will affect a number of things like depression, weight gain. um, And so just if you think about those two components in itself, we as new mothers are concerned about both of those things Mm -hmm. when they're out of balance it will create a whole different set of issues for the mother which can affect the baby because we bond with our children and they feel us and they are receiving what we are feeding them emotionally as well as yes exactly yes Mm -hmm. right right crystal have you 
experienced any level of stress that you can like remember how it may or may not have impacted your your breastfeeding? I've gone through a lot of stress <laughs> with um, nursing. So my last one, my husband was deployed when she was born. So that was, um, and then I had four kids age. My oldest had just turned five. So I don't know if it actually made any difference, but I know I didn't experience let down a lot with her, which was different from all my other kids. Um, I'm not sure if that had anything to do with the stress going on, but um, go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, well, stress <laughs> affects cortisol. So when you are thinking about all the different insulin and how it works, that's going to affect the oxytocin levels. And so they Which have is responsible for their letdown. Huh. Uh, yeah. So what ends up happening too, for some mothers, they've done a study that um, have taken certain hormones prior to um, childbirth. They end up having a direct response in where they can't let down. And so this is really interesting when you think about the correlation of hormones and how all this is interconnected. And Bethany, what about you? It's funny that you mentioned the no letdown thing because with my daughter, I experienced it. Um, at the time, I wasn't in a good relationship and there wasn't a lot of support, but I still had it because I knew I had to be happy for her. And this time around with him, you know, I'm in a very supportive relationship someone who you know supported breastfeeding and um no letdown at all and I was stressed because I'd get him weighed and we'd measure transfer and it would be you know oh I know um you know one and a half ounces for for both you know after 20 minutes and it was just you know not enough he wasn't gaining weight so you have the stress of that um so there was a lot of stress in, you know, my child's not growing. He's, you know, the potential of not developing, things like that. And um, so there was a lot of stress for me in that. And then knowing, oh, I'm counting down the days until I have to go back to my job. And for me, it's funny that you mentioned the part about transitioning back into working because it's you can't really do a clean break like that. And for me, it was really stressful knowing I was going to have to do a clean break from my... <laughs> a clean break from my son, you know, so... Uh -huh. Um, we unfortunately had to start supplementing because it was just what was best for him. Um, I didn't have a lot of knowledge on, on what else to do other than supplementing, even with just the supplemental system, pumping and doing it with the, the tube feeding. Um, but I, I stress definitely played a big part of it, knowing that how my, you know, I feel guilty that I couldn't provide for my son with something that my body is supposed to be able to do. Mm -hmm. Right, right. When we come back, we will discuss with Rebecca how fear and anxiety affect the bonding between the mother and child and what we can do to help avoid disrupting their relationship. We will be right back. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Welcome back to the show. We are here with Rebecca Mahan, and we're discussing how stress can impact breastfeeding. Rebecca, 
If you, a mother, is experiencing fear and it creates anxiety, how does that affect the bonding relationship between the mother and the child? Well, it depends on the mother's involvement with the child. So whatever the situation is, so for example, Bethany, you have um, a transition concern and that that can affect too as far as the breastfeeding and things like that but as far as bonding goes if a mother is there and involved with her child i think that that connection isn't something that can be broken right and that really is a lot to do with how much she is physically around that baby but when there's like um baby mama separation sometimes mm-hmm. out, out of fear that you know out of fear that maybe they're going to lose their baby mm-hmm. sometimes moms mm-hmm. will be out of their fear and stress and anxiety will not attach right to that baby that they'll like be pushing away emotionally without even realizing they're doing it maybe subconsciously what do you think about that oh I absolutely think that that's possible there's so many different factors that come into play with our relationship with our children and it can have a lot to do with things like stress about work but it also can have a very huge impact between us and our children when it comes from the the relationship that we're involved with so the baby's father Mm -hmm. for example and if there's some unhealthy traits going on in the relationship specifically something that's either mentally emotionally or physically violent this can be very very impactful because the concern may be that I don't want to hold my baby because if he ends up acting out violently the baby could get hurt or um, I don't want my baby to hear us screaming so the baby's spending more and more time in a daycare or at a friend's house or the a relative's house and so there can be a separation there mm-hmm. which in turn later on you can have issues with your with your child such as attachment disorder um, and then separation anxiety the first 18 months of life is the most important time for a mother and child to really connect and make that bonding just solid and that's a lasting Relationship. Yes. Usually it's that first 18 months that affects the lifetime of that relationship. Yeah. Crystal, have you experienced any difficulties in bonding with your child the way you would like to during that stressful period? Um, you know, I don't really think I've had any problems with any of my kids bonding with them. Um, no matter the stress that I was under, um, I think that's just... I, I don't know. I, I always had them with me, on me. My, I homeschool my kids. My kids never leave my side. Um, and thankfully, I've never had issues in in bonding with them since birth and my oldest, you know. Um, so you kind of gravitated more towards your babies during that more stressful Yeah, kind period. of like I, my, I actually have a, a completely different... Um, kind of relationship with with Harlow my the one that I had when uh, my husband was deployed um kind of just because I I clung to her more than my others I would even say um during that stressful period she was you know who I talked to at night or you know when I was stressed I would just you know hold her and you know she she calmed me down (laughs) a lot but I think I have a different relationship I never had any issues with bonding per se with them but that that, yeah it's good that you didn't have any issues yeah turned it around in a positive way yeah 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 what about you Bethany I would actually say the same um because I was in you know a mentally 
emotionally abusive relationship with my daughter's father. Um, it seemed for me easier just to say, you know what, that I got this. I need to be strong for her and I'll just deal with it when she's asleep. And for me, I just, again, always on me, wearing her everywhere I went. She was with me because it was just, I knew that now as a parent, she's what I need to worry about. I need to worry about myself and myself too. But if I let her see it, it's going to affect it. And if I don't deal with it on our off time, then it's never going to be a healthy relationship. And with him, he just, he's so uplifting and up, upbeat and everything and he keeps me happy so anytime I'm feeling down I'm just let's go play with Elliot <laughs> you know so he just keeps me happy and he's he's exciting that's really great Rebecca no I just think that this is such a an important time for the joy both for the parent and the child that it as we were saying it it lasts a lifetime and so when we are thinking about the stress and uh, other things in relation to this. We have to think about what what kinds of things um, are actually happening and also look at something called postpartum depression because those things can absolutely be be critical in the bonding process. Right, and, and recognizing more about that, can you explain that for those listeners that haven't heard of that or don't know enough about that? In postpartum dress, depression, it usually affects pretty much right after birth. And um, I don't know the specific time period that it can last. And I'm sure that it can be different for individuals depending on if they're seeking resources to get assistance um, and how they're, they're dealing with that. But if, it, if you want to talk about having it go back into relation to the hormones, mm-hmm. um, then it causes a, another cycle. And so you have a release of cortisol because there's cortisol and depression are linked. Uh, cortisol, you know, causes that, causes weight gain. And then you have issues with insulin and a number of other things. So all of this comes into play. The most important thing a mother can do, though, is be healthy and get educated. Know that these things are available, that it's not her. She's not going crazy because part of the things in depression is what is wrong with me? Mm-hmm. I don't like this. And it can be very, very severe. And we've heard some really um, extreme. Yes, extreme extreme cases and so just being educated mm-hmm. about the things that are going on and that just the fact that there's a possibility that our hormones can be a little bit off and we're not sort of these um crazy women it's out nothing there wrong with us. yes yeah, and sure. people say gosh you know but no there isn't anything wrong not what, but we need to be able to talk about it. We need to maybe even recognize it in maybe our, our family or our friends if someone else is experiencing it, kind of staying in tune because sometimes you're not even aware you're going through it or you think that this might be normal when it's actually getting more extreme. Yes. Or when you're actually facing it, you might be blaming someone else because you think it's all them. Yes. And really it is something that's going on inside of you. And, you you know, if, if someone's not paying attention to it, it can take off and, and go extreme. Oh, most definitely. Mm-hmm. Yes, and, and that'll create a whole series of problems because of the way that th- these all work together, all these hormones. Yeah, balancing out our hormones are important. It, it right? is, all, all through life. There's things that we don't talk about from mommy time to aging time, but they're all important. And if we learn them early on, uh, this makes things very, very solid for us as good 
uh oh as good moms balanced moms and um, and our children get to see that and feel that um. Rebecca, how would a mom recognize that she needs help? This is something that is extremely important, and that is she starts listening to her thoughts. Because most of us know well ahead of time before something actually comes out, either in our behavior or in in something that we say verbally. And so what's going on inside? What are we thinking? Are we thinking, I don't feel good today, and then every day is, I don't feel good, I don't feel good, am I feeling this, am I, you know, what is going on? And if we're hearing some very unhealthy, negative self-talk, this is a flag that says, I need to do something to change my frame of mind, because it will affect everything else that's going on. It's important, self-evaluation. Yes. Sometimes on an hourly basis. Yes, and you know, small steps, though, are the first things to change. But understanding that and recognizing it and um, is absolutely important. How do you help moms deal with removing the stress or the fear and, and anxiety from their lives? What, what is it that you can do to help them through your program or just through your work? I help those dealing with fear. So if you look at uh, an onion and you peel it down, just about everything comes down to one of two emotions. It's either love or it's fear. And you can even say, some people will say, no, there's one more, it's anger. But if you really peel down the anger, it, you know, you go, what's, what's behind that? There is some type of fear. And we react to that. And so I help people uh, identify what types of fears are going on. And sometimes they don't even know. They can say, well, I'm not afraid of anything. But there is something going on. And so it's identifying that and then taking different steps on how to move forward through that. Because the fear of the unknown is far more scary than we begin to experience. And a lot of times people stay in unhealthy thought processes or relationships because they know it. It's familiar territory. Yes. yes. Yeah, that's how a lot of people repeat um, abusive relationships or stressful types of environments because yes. it's familiar territory and they don't know how to react to something that's n not unhealthy. Right? Yes, exactly. Yeah, because then they think that might be not normal. <laughs> True. It's right? very true. It's awkward. And, you know, it's, you what get mean this. You're being nice to me. Mm -hmm. Yeah. <laughs> what did I do? What do you want? That's exactly <laughs> right. Uh -huh. And um, and then what happens is if someone is in that pattern for a really long period of time, it's really hard to bridge these trust components with people that we just meet. That's a very scary thing. So, and somebody's nice to you, they say, oh, what do you want from me? Mm -hmm. So it can be it can be a challenge. So the first the first thought going back to this is what's going on, inside. what's going on inside. Okay, good. Bethany, do you find that this information is helpful? So I feel like you're basically telling my, you know, first five years of my twenties right now, with, um, you know, having someone break you down and having someone you know, um, not supportive and then, you know, getting out of that finally after all this time and meeting someone and having them treat you the way, I don't know, maybe people should treat you, but, um, you know, treating you well and being good to you. And you're like, what do you want? Why are you doing this? I don't deserve this, you know? And it takes so long and so much effort and so much kind-heartedness from the other person to say you know what you are worth it and I'm sorry that that happened to you but you have to trust me a little bit and that's the kind of relationship I mean at least for me that 
you know, I always wanted to be in and never had, and now I do have it, and I can, you know, I'm so happy now that I have a supportive partner mm-hmm. because I never had that before. Mm-hmm. And so for me, you're saying all this stuff, and I'm just like, oh my gosh, that's my life. That well, not what is it was. Mm-hmm. It was hard, and it took so long for me to really say, you know what, I can't do this. I'm not. I'm. I don't deserve it. She doesn't deserve it. And I knew it broke me down. And I knew it was affecting things like my kids, you know. And you can't, you really have to self-evaluate like you guys were saying. You have to do it all the time. Because if you don't recognize, and if you, even if you say it one time, what's going on? What's wrong with me? Reach out. Because that one reach out could be to someone that can help you with so many things, not just breastfeeding or anything like that. It could be so many things in your life that could that could help. Absolutely. Absolutely. And would you say that the the first thing you started noticing was what you were saying to yourself inside or what what you know, was it to be for honest, you? I was in denial for a really long time. It was my family. My family was telling me there's something wrong. There's something. I'm like, no, there's not. You know, I have I have a home and I have a nice car and we have money to spend and it it didn't and it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. You know, looking back, it didn't matter. Mm-hmm. And I have all those things now, but I'm happy now. And there was no way I was happy then. I was so stuck inside my house with my kid, you know, wasn't allowed to do anything. And, you know, I really had to take a step back after a while and be like, I'm not doing this. Mm-hmm. I don't. You have, you have to look at your happiness because if you're not happy, your kids aren't happy and you can't take care of your kids. That's exactly right. Mm-hmm. You've said it just... Right on the nose. Yeah. Right on the nose, yes. How about you, Crystal? Um, so I've, it's interesting that you say um, the first thing you notice is, like, how you talk to yourself. So when I was 17, I was actually raped, and I had a baby. Um, and I ca- had her for eight months, and then I placed her for adoption. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that time, I was nursing. I nursed her, and then, then I actually ended up pumping and sending my milk to her family until she was about 18 months old um but I started noticing that um and that I had no help from my family um I was pretty much alone I was working you know three different jobs trying to support her and me and um in that that's the first thing I noticed is when I started like noticing my thoughts and like what I was I wasn't, I was kind of neglecting myself, and uh, mm-hmm. of course I was taking care of her, she was my number one, but um, but the, that's the first thing I noticed, was when I was talking to myself, like, okay, well, um, like, these thoughts aren't right, like, this can't be, like, mm-hmm. what's normal when you have a baby, <laughs> so um, that was the first, like, thing on why I reached out, and why I ultimately decided that adoption was the way to go for her because it wasn't fair um she was being raised by you know daycare providers nannies because I was always at work trying Mm -hmm. to provide for her and it wasn't any sort of life that she should have been living and she's you know I picked out her family from this big stack of you know portfolios and um just it just felt right but that was you know the first thing was what I was you know saying to myself I want to share with both of these ladies that the courage that you took to make those steps for change are one of the most important things you can do and a lot of times we don't realize that 
telling someone or getting assistance is really the most beneficial thing that we can do for us and for our babies, right? And a lot of time we feel shame because of the thoughts that we're having. And so that can sort of prolong the issues that we're experiencing and then further um, create problems. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because it doesn't get better, right? Unless no. you start getting help. Yeah, it's absolutely crucial. And support all the way around is the best thing that we can do always. Right. I mean, emotionally, mentally, with our children, breastfeeding, we, I mean, sometimes we do it alone, but when you learn from other mothers, it really helps us. Well, thank you so much, uh, Rebecca and the panelists, for sharing this helpful information about how stress impacts breastfeeding and how you can resolve it and protect your breastfeeding relationship with your baby. And for our Boob Group Club members, our conversation will continue after the end of this show as Rebecca will share with us her personal story and how this changed her life and the lives of others because of it. For more information about our Boob Group Club, please visit our website at newmommymedia.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So here's a question from one of our listeners. This is from Heather Nichols. And this is what she wrote to us. I hope that you can help me with this. I have tried and tried since the beginning to get a good latch with my son. He is now five weeks old and I'm still trying, although I'm not quite sure if it's even doable at this point. He will latch for a moment, but it's really short. He seems very excited at first and then gets really frustrated and stops. And I know that there is milk readily available because I can see it. I think the problem is the shape of my nipple. It's very flat and I have tried ice, massage, nipple shields, etc. to get my nipple to stand at attention and nothing seems to work. Right now I am pumping, but my milk doesn't seem to flow very well with the pump as it does when my baby latches. So I'm trying fenugreek to help with that. I am becoming very frustrated and outright sad because I can't seem to get this. Please help. Well, Heather, thank you so much for your question. I really appreciate you writing. And I can understand why you must be so absolutely frustrated with this whole process. Um, First and foremost, when I read this, the first thing that came to mind was it's definitely worth your time to look for an international board certified lactation consultant in your community to help assess this situation more fully. Um, Not being able to see your baby in person, I really can only give general advice, um, but it definitely won't solve every issue, I would imagine. Um, So the first thing I would recommend is having an international board certified lactation consultant assess your son for a tongue tie. While some babies have difficulties latching on when a mom has flat nipples, this often can be remedied with the nipple shield. And if your son is having a challenging time creating an effective suction with the nipple shield, it could actually be caused by a tongue tie, which limits a baby's range of motion and suck effectiveness. Um, It is also possible that your little guy has figured out that if he fusses enough, he'll receive a bottle, which will totally satisfy him. And of course, the main goal is to feed the baby, so sometimes bottles 
in, in the case of supplementation, are really helpful if the baby's having a challenging time at breast. However, babies are incredibly smart and often figure out how to hold out for the bottle, making it very frustrating for mom. So depending on if he does have a tongue tie or if he's just holding out for the bottle, will definitely determine what would be the best course of action. Um, so again, I can't highly recommend enough seeing an international board certified lactation consultant for this situation, as there are many reasons why this may be occurring, which she would really help you get to the bottom of. Um, my advice is only that this IBCLC should be looking for um, the tongue tie during this um, feeding time with your baby, especially since I can't give accurate advice without having seen you and your baby. But I hope that this is somewhat helpful. Um, we do have an episode called Breastfeeding and Tight Frenula, and it would definitely be worth it to take a look at to see if the symptoms that are described in this episode are accurately describing your son as well. So hope that's helpful. Thanks so much. That wraps up our show for today. We appreciate you listening to The Boob Group. Don't forget to check out our sister show, Preggy Pals for Expecting Parents, Newbies for Newly Postpartum Moms and Their Babies, Parent Savers for Moms and Dads with Infants and Toddlers, and Twin Talks for Parents with Multiples. Thanks for listening to The Boob Group, your judgment-free breastfeeding resource. This has been a new mommy media production. The information and material contained in this episode are presented for educational purposes only. Statements and opinions expressed in this episode are not necessarily those of New Mommy Media and should not be considered facts. While such information and materials are believed to be accurate, it is not intended to replace or substitute for professional medical advice or care and should not be used for diagnosing or treating health care problem or disease or prescribing any medication. If you have questions or concerns regarding your physical or mental health or the health of your baby, Please seek assistance from a qualified health care provider. New Mommy Media is expanding our lineup of shows for new and expecting parents. If you have an idea for a new series, or if you're a business or organization interested in joining our network of shows through a co-branded podcast, visit newmommymedia.com. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, mamas. Don't forget to check out Mighty Moms. It's our online community built for new moms just like you. Not only can you connect with other moms, but you can also join us backstage for special mom-only online events. And you'll also be notified when we're recording so you can join us as a special guest. Visit our website, newmommymedia.com, and click on the Mighty Moms banner. It's free. That's newmommymedia.com. See you there.